Welcome to the Dermatology Interest Group Association podcast, or DIGA podcast, where we talk about everything from how to become a stellar dermatology applicant to interesting topics in dermatology. From research advice to interviewing tips, you will be prepared to follow the path to become a world-class dermatologist. Well, welcome to the show. Today we have Dr. Zafar with us. Dr. Zafar, Zafar, thanks for being here with us. We're excited to have you. Before we dive in, can you explain to us kind of your journey to dermatology? Why did you end up choosing to pursue dermatology? Yeah, so my decision to go into dermatology was actually kind of a late one. I think I, I'd gone through medical school, not 100% sure on what I wanted to do, but more so ruling out what I didn't want to do. Um, and then I ended up coming through dermatology during my third year of med school, um, actually towards the end of third year. And there was something about the mix of being in clinic, doing surgeries, you know, doing cosmetics, dealing with oncology, having like a busy practice to keep your mind stimulated. And then um, all of that kind of combined together really appealed to me. And I, I feel like in dermatology, you can do absolutely whatever you want to. And, and that's something that really stands out for the specialty. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've had that same thought. And you hear that trend a lot, you know, a lot of variety, which is nice. Now, you decided the end of your third year, how did you do that? Because a lot of people, you know, they, they would consider that too late. But obviously, you're a dermatology res resident right now. How did you make that work? Um, you know, I definitely kind of had the anxiety that came with it. People told me like, oh, are you sure it's kind of late? And, you know, to, to anyone who's maybe made the decision late or, um, you know, thinks that they're running out of time, I'd say you, as long as you make the effort, there's plenty of time, like reach out if you have a local department, try and ingrain yourself, meet up with them, see if you can get connections, research, all that kind of stuff. Um, if, if you really want to, you know, you can absolutely get it. The key is just kind of getting your foot in the door to start off with, and that opens up everything and all the opportunities. Yeah. So one of the reasons that we wanted to have you on the show is that you didn't match the first time. And right. we really appreciate you coming on and being vulnerable and talking about that. I think it's something that you're passionate about. Um, but can you kind of tell us your story? Um, how, well, I guess, first off, how did you feel going into the match the first time? Did you feel confident? Were you not confident? What, what, what was it like opening that email and finding out you didn't match? You know, I, I think anyone who is applying for dermatology kind of goes through these ebbs and flows of like, oh, I'm pretty confident. And then like, oh, my God, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, so I, I was kind of right there in the middle. Honestly, when I opened the email, I think my first reaction was just like, huh, because it's. I think it really hits you like a ton of bricks and it's almost yeah. like you go through this shock stage where you're still processing what happens and what's going on. Um, and you just kind of sit there for a couple minutes and it's like, Oh, I guess that actually happened. And then I think in the back of your mind, it's like, well, what now, what do I do? And, and then all the emotion just starts to hit you. So it's, you know, I'm sure if plenty, you know, plenty of people go through that feeling, but I'd say it's one of the worst things you can experience. Yeah. yeah, especially, I don't know, it's just, it, it would, it's, I just imagine it being so difficult because you see everyone around you celebrating and you want to help and you, and you want to celebrate with them, right? 
but then you have your own struggle and challenge that you, you do. So after, after you opened that email, what did you do next? Did you match into a, like a prelim year only, or did you do the soap? What were your very next steps? Yeah. So the, the very first thing I did was um, kind of, I think they had a room blocked off for people who hadn't matched or who uh, just needed further assistance at my medical school. And uh, so I went down there and there were a couple of spots open for dermatology. I think one was in Florida, one was like in somewhere in the Midwest. And uh, I think my first thing was, well, I might as well see what's available and see if I can get in somewhere else because, you know, not matching doesn't mean I'm not interested in dermatology. It doesn't mean I'm not good enough for dermatology. So that was the first thing. Unfortunately, you know, with just a couple of spots, it's always we going to be kind of difficult to uh, kind of grab those places. So what I did do was immediately jump into an internship program that I um, was very happy with. And I think it's important to, you know, some people end up delaying graduation, doing another researcher or doing an MPH. I think it's important to to do an internship, at least in my case, because it helped me maintain connections, firstly with my own medical school, but also I was able to get more support from the dermatology department at my internship. And the last thing is for those who are interested in considering like a research fellowship, a lot of clinical trials require you to have your internship completed as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I've understood is once you do your intern year, if you still don't match, you can do a clinical research fellowship. And because you're licensed, fully licensed, you can see patients. And so that's a big advantage for those clinical research fellowships. And I didn't understand that quite at first, but um, you said that uh, your internship allowed you to keep connections with your medical school. Why was that? Was it an internship that was close to your medical school or what, what was going on there? So, so not desperately far away, but um, not super close either. I think the world of dermatology is small. So when I told my medical school Durham department where I was going, they're like, oh yeah, I know those guys. And I think they call ahead and say, oh, heads up, you know, uh, so-and-so is showing up and, uh, you know, they didn't match, for example, we'd love if you could help support them as well. At the same time, I think after not matching, I did all I could to try and impress my home department at my medical school enough as well to get them to want to keep in touch with me. So like picking up extra research projects and like, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So what one person told me once that um, if you match just a prelim year or soap just a prelim year, that messes up funding for programs. If, if it's a, um, if it's, if the uh, intern year is tied to the, um, actual dermatology years. Is that true or is that not true in your case? It might depend on how the, the actual dermatology program is structured. You know, I think it really depends on how the program is structured. I personally have never heard of that being an issue. Okay. So I, I, I'd say take it with a grain of salt. I think maybe some programs out there may have that issue, but I think it's more few and far between. Okay. Um, I'm an osteopathic medical student, and I think that might be more um, applicable to some of the osteopathic medical schools, or sorry, the, the formerly AOA dermatology residency programs. Um, yep. So that, that's just something to consider and ask around about if you are in that position as an osteopathic student applying Durham. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, couldn't 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 hurt to ask around. At the same time, I'd say, you know, being an osteopath isn't like a bad thing either. Like I've got plenty of DO friends who are doing dermatology residency, and even in my program, which is primarily MDs, like we had DO students rotating through. We had plenty of DOs who we interviewed as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I think the crossover is getting a lot more. And we actually have a couple episodes that will probably be published before this one, specifically oh, geared towards osteopathic students. So hopefully that's helpful. And you can go back and look at those um, on our previous episodes. Sure. Um, so you mentioned how your intern year actually kind of geared you up for this next application cycle. What did you do during your intern year that really helped you match the next time around? I think the key is to be open and honest about what you're looking for and what your intentions are. So the first thing I did when I met with my internship program director when I got there was say like, hey, you know, I'm really interested in dermatology. I didn't match the first time around. Um, you know, I, I really need you to kind of vouch for me and I'll do what I can to impress you to get you to, for example, make any calls you need to make, write a strong letter of recommendation. And the, the other thing was, even before I'd gotten up to my internship, I, I contacted them and said, is there any way I can do a dermatology residency, uh, a dermatology rotation um, sooner on in the, in the internship, just so I can, again, build up connections and see if anyone would be willing to write me a letter of recommendation, if I could pick up research, you know, basically anything that can, can get more and more people on my side. So that early rotation, why was that so important to have it early? I, I think in my mind, I was like, well, I've, I've, I've already got my connections at my medical school and I didn't match. So I was like, well, what else can I do to, to build up that support and, and, and maximize my, my potential and my chances of matching the next time around? Um, so I think, again, dermatology is a small world, even though my med school knew my internship people, it's like, well, who else do the people in my internship know? You know, someone could be president of the state dermatologic society, someone could know someone back at their old med school or their old residency or fellowship. So yeah. I think uh, getting that rotation early, at least in my case, helped me meet a bunch of people who who have connections. It's like that six degrees of separation where like yeah. someone knows, knows someone. Did you take step three the year after your graduation? Is that important to do as you know, if it, or does it not really matter? You know, I, I'd say as a reapplicant, I took it um, while my application was in progress and while it was submitted. I think the rationale I had was, well, again, what can I do to boost myself and um, change and improve my application from last time? Um, so I, I'd say it doesn't hurt to have step three. You know, obviously, if you don't do as well as you want to, per se, you don't have to release it to the programs. And if you do fine, or you do, you know, better or what you were hoping for, then you can release it. So I'd say it doesn't, it's one of those win-win situations. Yeah. So, why didn't you dual apply? Um, should applicants dual apply? I mean, you can dual apply. It's just that I knew I wanted to do dermatology, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it's good to have a safety net, but 
at the same time, I thought to myself, I don't really want to do internal medicine or pediatrics or family medicine. No disrespect to those specialties. They just weren't for me. Yeah. Um, I think it's, again, it's reasonable, but uh, I, I just didn't see myself doing it. Yeah. Talking to people, a lot of people are that way. You know, they're like, I want to be a dermatologist. And so my safety net is if I don't match, I'll go to an intern year and apply again, you know? And so mm -hmm. those people who do dual apply, they really do have that option and, and they really would, wouldn't mind doing internal medicine or family medicine or peds or, or whatever they dual apply into. So when you, when you um, matched into dermatology, usually you'll match a year ahead, you know, there's a gap year for your intern year. What did you do? Because you've already done your intern year. What did you do between that year? Did you go directly into a PGY2 position? Correct. So the majority of programs, you know, are going to be a year out just because they already filled in the previous year. Some, and I did interview at some uh, were physician only, so they would be an immediate start. Um, I think I was planning on probably ending up in one of the more advanced ones just based on the number of interviews I had um, that followed that path. So I ended up taking a research year. It was more of an unstructured one. I was just working on the actual pro uh, projects I had and picked up some new ones. It wasn't that I'd gone to an established um, fellowship or institution or anything like that. Okay. What did you do to, to live, you know, like monetarily wise, did you moonlight on the weekends or? So I, I had the opportunity to the state I'm in, you know, Wisconsin. Um, I think you can do some moonlighting if you have your internship at least completed. But, uh, you know, I took the lazy way out and I basically just moved in with my parents. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I think I had some money saved over from internship uh -huh. anyway. I made sure I lived frugally. I think what I spent most of my money on was just going to restaurants here and there. So I, I had a good yeah. amount saved up after my internship that I used to subsidize myself. And then the rest, I just, you know, do laundry at my parents' house and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, that's good. That's a, that's a great uh, residency med student story. <laughs> Moving with the parents. Um, <laughs> So looking back at your application, what did you feel were the biggest mistakes that prevented you from matching the first time around? Yeah, so, you know, I consider myself somewhat of a shy, reserved personality. I, I think sometimes I'm not as outspoken about myself as I should be. So I, I think when I made my intention clear that I was interested in dermatology, maybe I just didn't big myself up enough. I didn't make myself as present with the dermatology department at my home institution. It's one of those things where you can be there and that's fine, but people, you know, take more notice if you speak up more, if you kind of big yourself up more without crossing that line into just sheer arrogance per se. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I think you really need to, to kind of emphasize that you love dermatology and this is for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause then they, then they realize and they're invested in you and it's almost like they want you to succeed because they're like, Oh, he really interest, is interested. It's what he really wants. So, yeah. but so, that so is a difficult the, balance. 
Oh, definitely. Yeah. But one of the things when I'd asked for feedback from my department was, you know, well, people, people knew you were interested in dermatology, but they feel like they didn't really get to know you. So I'd say definitely opening up is, is an important, is an important aspect, especially in a small field like dermatology. Do you have any tips for people who are more introverted? How do you really open up when your natural state is to sit back and, and let other people take the spotlight, you know, like it's difficult yeah. <laughs> when that's not your natural state of being. Well, I mean, the first thing I'd say is learn from the mistakes I made because, you know, you don't want to end up on that end where there's an email saying that you didn't match. But I, I think a lot of people kind of pick it up on the fly, even the introverts. I know when I was in medical school, for sure, just seeing patients, I think helps you. Um, open up as a person and then as you go through med school and say you're in charge of like the derm interest group or you know like the any other groups uh, associated with the medical school you start picking up this confidence being in leadership roles and teaching roles I think the key is just being able to apply that to when when you actually want to big yourself up to the people who are looking at your application yeah so I'd say just kind of take that leap. You know, you don't really have anything to lose unless you are very, very arrogant. But you need to remind yourself that I know you're introverted, but this is going to be the rest of your career and the rest of your life. So if you really want to, you know, make that make that jump and try and try and open up a bit more. Yeah. So I have anxiety over whether or not I I. I would match, you know, and I think everybody does. You were mentioning that sometimes you feel confident. Sometimes you're like, ah, oh, do I even have a shot? You know, um, mm -hmm. but I do have a game plan for, for what's going to happen. You know, if I don't match, but what to do if your friend doesn't match is a different matter. You know, it's kind of a, it's very sensitive topic and, and it's hard because you're celebrating, let's say I match, I'm celebrating, but my friend doesn't. What were some things that family and friends said to you that were helpful to you when you didn't match? You know, I, I think it's not necessarily what they said. I think the most important thing they did for me was just sit there quietly and listen as I kind of vented away my feelings. Yeah. One of the things you need to remind yourself if you don't match is to actually grieve and, and to accept that, you know, this bad thing has happened to you. And it's not a reflection upon you as a person or a med student or a physician. You know, Durham is super competitive. I, I think the match rate is what, like 50, 60% some years. So, so the most important thing my family did for me was just listen and let me get my feelings out and then kind of soundboard it back and remind me that, again, it's not a failure on my part. Again, that plenty of smart people, good, hardworking people, including myself, go through this situation. And they my friends and family would always remind me it's more about how I bounce back from everything rather than, you know, how, how I react right now. Yeah. Yeah. There's the recently the Batman movie came out, but the, the original <laughs> Batman with Christian Bale, Bruce Wayne always says to him, what do we do when we fall? We make sure we pick ourselves back up or something like that. I can't remember the exact, uh, anyway. But uh, what was was there anything that was insensitive that was said to you that that 
you know, like if I'm trying to go talk to a friend and, and express condolences or whatever, what are some things that you should avoid doing or saying to somebody who, who failed to match? I would say like, oh, don't say something like better luck next year or, well, you can always try again because I think that's pretty much a given. That's not what people want to hear. Sometimes they don't even want to hear anything from you again. They just want you to listen to them. And the one biggest thing I had a couple of people say, well, you could always do like internal medicine and do rheumatology. There's some overlap there, or you could do pathology or like family medicine and focus on dermatology. I'd say absolutely, please do not tell that to people who did not match into dermatology. That's not what we want to hear. (laughs) I've heard people talk about, you know, if you're talking to somebody who's grieving, you know, whether it be the loss of a family member or something like this, you know, a big, a big deal to, to pretty much just say, you want to say something, but you don't know, want to, don't know what to say. And, and then just say, you know, but I'm, I'm here for you. I'm, I'm here as a sounding board if you want to talk. And uh, I think that's helpful just because then people know it's like, you really don't know what to say, but you care about them. Right. And that's really what they want to hear. You know, when, when I didn't match the first thing that happened was after I you know, gone through that room with the soap and all that stuff is my dad drove down about three hours to see me. And he just kind of sat there with me in complete silence. And honestly, that's just what I needed at that time. Yeah. And afterwards, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go take a shower. Let's go get some food. And again, at the restaurant, he just kind of sat there and let me vent out my feelings in the corner of this like Arab restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) So definitely just a sympathetic ear is probably the most important thing I'd say to the, to those who have friends who didn't match. So we want to hear the end. We want to hear the end of the story. So, <laughs> so you didn't match, you did an intern year, you reapplied. How many yep. interviews did you get after you reapplied? Um, and, and then what happened the next go around? Yeah. So I ended up with about six, seven interviews and, um, you know, some of the places I was actually very surprised to be interviewed by, you know, you go, I think a bunch of people applying for dermatology are like type A imposter syndrome. And I was like, how did I deserve this interview? But, uh, you know, I actually didn't think my interviews went as well as I thought, but somehow I ended up matching. So I still remember because it was actually my birthday that the match results were supposed to be coming out. And uh, I was standing in the ICU and, you know, everyone was saying, good luck, good luck. And I was just like, please just leave me alone. I just <laughs> went around on my patients. I don't want to think about matching and all that stuff. I remember we were just about to walk into a patient's room in the ICU when this email comes in about five minutes before it was supposed to. And it says, uh, you know, congratulations, you've matched into um, a category, uh, an advanced residency. I'm kind of looking at the email and I'm like, huh. Because in my head, I think it was just like when I didn't match, it was like a state of shock and your brain is just kind of processing what's going on. And I had one of my friends read the email for me. And he's like, dude, you matched into dermatology. And you just kind of, I was in the patient's room and this was maybe like as everything was shutting down for COVID. So we weren't wearing masks yet. So I think the patient's family were like, why is this guy smiling the whole time while we're in the room? 
it's a, it's a really great feeling, honestly. And you know, when I think back, I'm still like I'm smiling so much about it. It makes me so emotional. And I, you know, I matched in, and I like to say like I'm not the most intelligent. I'm not. I didn't score like a 280 on step one or anything like that. I didn't go to a top five medical school. But when I think back, I'm like, if someone like me can go through all that and get in as well, you know, to everyone else who didn't match into residency, 100% they can do the same thing. It's fun to hear those stories. It's fun to hear just the emotion behind finally matching. It makes you look forward to that day for hopefully all of us, you know, listening to this podcast. So. Yeah, well, I definitely say it was probably the best birthday I've ever had so far. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but definitely, you know, it's, it's a special feeling, and I hope that everyone who applies to dermatology can experience it as well. You know, hopefully not the sec, you know, not after having gone through the not matching phase, but eventually, I want everyone who's applying to be able to experience it. Well, do you have any other advice for people who failed to match the first time around? Any last advice you'd like to give? Yeah. Yeah. Again, I'd say the key is to kind of asking for feedback, seeing where could you improve. That's the biggest thing. You know, if you have, again, like I had feedback saying, you know, you, you could have been more outgoing, you could have been more open about it, then work on that. So the other thing is try and change your application while you can. So pick up research, see if you can rotate with someone who will give you a letter, someone who can pick up the phone and kind of vouch for you and make phone calls. And that's an important thing. But I'd also say to keep reminding yourself that just because you didn't match, it doesn't mean you're a failure. I think I don't remember the famous adage, but it's something like scars are not a failure. They're a sign of growth so take it in stride it's okay to grieve but you know once you're done grieving it's time to kind of put the nose to the grindstone and and get back to work and everyone who applies for dermatology is 100% capable of being accepted in and matching into a residency so I'd say don't give up too easily was there any words that you would say to your past self now that you are a resident dermatologist anything that you'd say to yourself you know you're back. You just opened up that email, found out you didn't match. What would you say to yourself now that you, now that you've made it? Say two things, keep going and then it gets better. Those are the two things I would say to myself. Like it was the worst feeling in the world, but the only way is up. Cool. Well, thanks so much again, Dr. Zafar. Is there any way that people can get a hold of you um, or, or learn more about your story? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'd be happy to share my email with you to kind of pass on if anyone wants to reach me, anything like that. Um, I, I want to be open about not matching and kind of I would, I'd love to reach out to and help those who are seeking advice or have any questions in general. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the DIGA podcast. We hope you enjoyed Please send us any questions or comments to dermeinterestpod at gmail.com. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. 